Texas Business Minds, presented by the Business Journals of Texas. Brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. In this download, HBJ reporter Sofia Gonzalez profiles University of Houston President Renu Couture, our Lifetime Achievement Award winner for this year's Women Who Mean Business Awards. Can you tell me more about who or what inspired you to get to where you are today? It's really difficult to pinpoint one person as to who inspired you, but Mm -hmm. I would tell you that I am so blessed that I've had people inspiring me in so many different ways at different points in time. So my, of course, my mother is the first person. I would say that she has always inspired me. She inspired me without knowing that she was inspiring me in the sense that during those times growing up in India, in a fairly conservative environment, she just treated me the same as she treated my brother. Mm-hmm. And I think that had a lot to do with building my confidence that, mm-hmm. well, anything is possible yeah. or that I could dream. So she would definitely be my one person that I would put up front. But then I have been reading so many uh, biographies and autobiographies because I'm always fascinated by how ordinary people do extraordinary things. And um, I think the authors obviously don't know, uh, (laughs) but uh, by reading them, Mm -hmm. it's just this inspiring, you know, stories. But then I would say another person who has really been uh, instrumental in in molding my life's journey and shaping it uh, has been my husband, Mm -hmm. who uh, adopted my dream and uh, decided it wasn't just my dream, that it was (laughs) our dream. And I would say he worked as hard toward my dream as I did. So then I've had many mentors, uh, formal mentors, because every time I am running into a situation, I have absolutely no shame in asking help Mm -hmm. or calling somebody who has gone through it, because you can always learn something from other people's success, but also other people's mistakes. And I would say I've been so blessed that people have been so willing to share their wisdom with me, to inspire me, to help me succeed. And I'm so, so blessed to be in Houston. It's just a wonderful place. Yeah. Well, Houston's happy to have you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And so from that story that you told, you were taken out of your master's program and you were married so young and essentially just kind of shipped off to the U.S., as you said. And so you still worked your way up all the way to where you are today. And you said without, you know, you had help. But can you reflect more on what your journey was like to get to where you are? You know, sometimes uh, life throws you uh, turns and curves and they seem uh, really difficult even traumatic, but I think somewhere they're building your character. That's how, when I reflect back, I see those turning points Mm -hmm. when life seems so full of adversity, but they all built my character. They Mm -hmm. also gave me the values and they gave me the faith that um, maybe it's possible for, that I could be helpful in other people's journey. So yes, coming here, one of the biggest adversity was uh, I was a teenager, did not know English, and here I'm sitting in the master's program at one of the finest institutions, Purdue University. And um, I think uh, I had to teach myself English by watching I Love Lucy, as I always say. But it's that dream I had, which was a dream, was uh, getting the highest education possible. 
and uh, never quitting that. That became just my passion and uh, do whatever it takes to get ahead, do whatever it, it takes to take the next step mm-hmm. in life. But I would tell you, I never imagined in my wildest dreams that I would be chancellor of this great institution in this U.S.'s fourth <laughs> largest city. It feels that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. but And I just don't think so. But life just gives you opportunities. It opens the doors. Sometimes they open windows and you have to be ready to take it. And uh, you keep moving forward. So I won't say my life's uh, story was planned. It mm-hmm. just happened the mm-hmm. way it happened. So I am lucky in some ways. And I have just this determination in some ways. And I'm very naively fearless in some ways, which is I don't even know what to fear from. And uh, together all of this, combined with all the help I got along the way, I Mm -hmm. think has brought me at this point. And I feel extremely humbled and just very blessed again. Yeah. I want to dive into that, what you spoke about with the English. You taught yourself English. You watched TV shows. So how did you go from knowing, you know, no English to being where you are today? How did you navigate that? So I had um, some grammar and some language because in India, you have to learn English. But when you are living in a small town in rural India, where teachers didn't know even English, it was practically not knowing very much when I came here. And then comprehension was absolutely zero. Mm-hmm. I can tell you simply because I've never watched an English movie, <laughs> never had an opportunity to mm-hmm. re- really be listening to anything because we weren't in the age of television. Yeah. So when I came here, um, I could, of course, I could um, read something mm-hmm. with great difficulty, just like my Spanish is today. <laughs> After doing 1,008 days of a street on Duolingo, yeah. that's my Spanish knowledge. Mm-hmm. And just, I would say similar, it would be there, which I can't have any conversation, can't understand very much. If I sit down and read and read and read, I, I can get the gist of mm-hmm. it. If I write, I would make lots of mistakes, but, but I can write. And then watching I Love Lucy, Andy Griffith show, and all those were the only slapstick comedy that made sense to me. I couldn't understand the news. It was too hard for Mm me. But eight hours every day, I had to log my TV watching Mm -hmm. just so that I could start to grasp things. And we didn't have the technology where the things were coming at the bottom, subtitles (laughs) and all that either. But, you know, it uh, I would say it's just tenacity and not Mm -hmm. just giving up. That was the dream. Yeah. And uh, somehow it just worked out. <laughs> yeah. And so you speak of, you know, your challenges in a very positive manner. And I that really inspires me. But I wanted to ask along the way, what has been, I guess, the biggest thing that you've had to overcome? And that can be in both your work and your personal life. I would say in personal life, it's just the life took through a complete curve to me. Mm-hmm. Because here I am, you know, teenager in India. And you throw, you know, somebody in this environment, you don't know anybody can telephone even anybody back home so not only that you have been uprooted from your family from your culture mm-hmm. you've been uprooted from your language so I would say that I would say was the biggest test for me but then along the way you know it's, it wasn't easy it still isn't easy in so many ways for a woman to make inroads um, in a world where it wasn't that common I mean I am the first university president who was India born, you know, to become a university president Mm -hmm. here. I was the first uh, female to be appointed as chancellor of any university in the state of Texas. So these were some of the first things. But um, 
I always said that, uh, and I'll always remember Maya Angelou saying that, you know, people are going to do things to you. Mm -hmm. It's up to you how you take it, meaning do not allow yourself to be victimized second time over mm -hmm. again. So there have been a lot of challenges that way where I felt life wasn't fair. So I had two options. Either I could just cry about it mm -hmm. and get demoralized or I could just double down on my goal and say I'm going to do it. Yeah. And uh, I think every single time it was a second uh, path that I followed and part of it has to do with the people that I surrounded myself with. But you know what I would say? It's just not my adversity. Everybody has adversity of some type. It's a different name, but they all have to face some adversity. And I think everybody has that choice. <laughs> what do you want to do about it? Do you want to just complain about the hand you are dealt with? Or do you just want to take the hand you are dealt with and play your very best game? Yeah, that's very fair. And on the flip side, what have been your biggest accomplishments? And again, both in your work and your personal. Personal life, I would say I'm a very happy family person. Mm -hmm. I think that gives me the greatest joy. I'm a mother of two. Mm -hmm. Both my daughters are uh, physicians. They are both uh, in ophthalmology in their mm -hmm. own practice. They're both glaucoma surgeons. And such balanced young women that they just make me so proud. Mm -hmm. But then I also have three grandchildren. And uh, those grandkids, they love to spend time with us. Mm -hmm. um, they, Houston is their by far the favorite place <laughs> to come. They love it here. And I think the connection that is there with the family is just mm -hmm. so important for me. Yeah. I, am, I have great friends as well. So I would say probably the best blessing in anybody's life is to have your faith and to have your family with you. And I'm again, I'm just fortunate that I have a husband uh, who just continues to support me in so many different ways. Now, professionally, I would say University of Houston has come a long way. Mm -hmm. And I think people stop me and tell me that, that University of Houston has done so well. What I am most proud of it is that we have been able to take the institution forward, get the rankings so, so much uh, ahead, without ever changing the basic mission of the university, mm -hmm. without ever changing the demographic profile of our students. We have as many first-generation students today as we did when I came here 15 years ago. We have as many Pell Grant recipients today as we had before. This is a place for opportunity and access. But I always said, who says that the working class, you know, for whom this university was built, that the working class only deserves average? They deserve the very best. And that's why we need to keep the access where it is, but we need to really set the goal and provide them. Mm -hmm. The cutting edge skill set that is absolutely competitive to anyone else in, in the world. Yeah, that brings me to my next question. So what initiated you to the University of Houston? And can you also reflect more on the growth that you've seen during your time here? So, University of Houston was not on my radar, I would say that. Prior to this, I was only at one university, University mm -hmm. of South Florida, where I joined uh, on a nine-month uh, visiting appointment. From there, I made my way. I did every single position at the university, rising to the senior vice president of academic affairs or uh, provost. When first I got a call about University of Houston, I simply said, well, I have no interest because I don't even know the university. Yes. Then I got second call, then the search form called, 
And I said, okay, uh, let me take a look at it. And then I went on the internet, and I'm telling you, everything I learned about the university just piqued my interest. Here it is such a vibrant city with energy industry, Texas Medical Center, NASA, the fabulous arts economy here. And yet, the public university really wasn't on national list. It wasn't even known. It was known for small, small things. But if I wasn't in that particular thing, for instance, it already was such a great name in creative writing. I'm not a creative writer, so I hadn't heard about that. But the university as a whole that you look at as a provost or you're looking as president, I didn't know. But the more I read, then I saw the credentials of the faculty. I said, wow, wouldn't it be fun? to really go there and see what what can happen. So I did come here for interview. I never came to campus <laughs> at all. I interviewed in downtown at mm-hmm. Four Seasons Hotel, Board uh, of Regents. They offered me the job. And uh, in 15 minutes, I accepted the job. Wow. I really didn't come here to look at house, to look, think about the market, or mm-hmm. to think about anything else. The bottom line to me was the ingredients were here. And it was totally possible to do something here. So I came with a mission here, with a very underdog mentality, trying to see what is possible. And in 15 years, I think university and the entire village, because nobody, nobody does it anything like this alone at all. And I played my role, but a very small role. It has taken the city, the state leaders, the donors, the faculty and the staff to really transform the institution. But today it is ranked now 70th public university in the U.S. Mm -hmm. That's pretty special. It has um, the best student chapter, which is the most prestigious, Phi Beta Kappa chapter Mm -hmm. is here. We also have medical school Mm -hmm. and we have joined Big 12. I heard from day (laughs) one Oh, those were the days when we used to play, you know, and we had Paisla Majama, and we had, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I heard all of those things, and I could feel the craving in what people felt. But, well, here we are now with mm-hmm. the Big 12, biggest stage now. And now I think we have an opportunity to get a separate fund from the legislature, and uh, that is Proposition 5 on November's ballot. And if the voters approve it, it would help enormously mm-hmm. to the University of Houston, to Houston and Texas. It would help us bring more federal dollars here. It will help us do more research. It will help us rise even further in rankings. Yeah. I mean, Houston should aspire to have a top 50 public universities right here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a big city. We want everything best. The steakhouse best. <laughs> we want the Neiman Marcus here. Yeah. We should want a university also the same kind. So. I'm excited. I mean, 15 years ago, I was very excited about the opportunities. And honestly, even though we have come so long, mm-hmm. I'm still very excited about the opportunities. Next, Reno Couture shares insight from her leadership role when Texas Business Minds continues. This year at Texas Mutual Insurance Company, we're celebrating 25 years of dividends and a record $340 million dividend distribution to Texas businesses. See how business is better with Texas Mutual at texasmutual.com slash dividends. And what would you say have been some of your biggest lessons that you've learned since coming into this role? Becoming president of a university is really not about authority. People sometimes think, feel that way. It is really about responsibility. 
especially when you are heading a public university it is really all about responsibility you have many bosses you don't have just one boss of course you have your board but mm -hmm. then you have a state uh, leaders who have funded your university you have taxpayers who are paying for your university you have to be accountable you have to be responsible so that's one lesson second lesson i've learned is leaders can lead from front but in an academic situation your faculty are going to lead it your students are going to inspire you and all you have to do is to empower them to move forward and your job is that you motivate them you set out a vision along with them and you empower them and let mm -hmm. them just push forward and mm -hmm. that's what has happened here in 15 years third lesson i would say is that you don't don't exist in a bubble a university is as good as is the community communities build great universities so if you can synchronize your strengths your goals to the goals of the city the region your state in this case i think you can go far yeah but if you think you're going to have some kind of an idealistic goal or something like thinking okay we are in an ivory tower well that's not what it is and that's not the way i see it at all i know i got opportunities i want every student here to have opportunities to just take them to places that they can't even imagine that's mm -hmm. just like the doors open for me i want to see doors open for every single one of our students mm -hmm. i want them to graduate yeah. i want them to be successful i want them to be happy in life but also make millions and billions so that you can come back and invest in the university mm -hmm. yeah yeah you have the right mindset of a leader to you know help your students grow and so what would you say has influenced the way that you lead how has your past experience helped you in this role and really turned you into the leader that you are today well first thing i would say is i grew up in a joint family when you have an extended family you watch your mother how you know she just builds consensus before but she'll do what she <laughs> needs to do i think that's a, that was a very important lesson and you also learned lesson about the power of everybody together versus mm -hmm. the power of one person you know in a nuclear you know way so i think i believe very strongly on partnerships i also believe very very strongly on humility you know be humble because nobody traveled alone because my own journey has been where people if they hadn't helped me i wouldn't be where i am today mm -hmm. so i would say just be humble and constantly realize that there have been people who helped you and now it's your obligation to at least help yeah i always challenge our students that you know you are here you make sure you help 10 other people and become part of their journey yeah and this kind of goes on that so you spoke a little bit about advice and so what advice if you could go back in time and speak to the girl who was you know so scared to come over here and so young what advice would you give her and what advice would you give to others who want to follow in your footsteps well that's a very good and fair question mm -hmm. i would say first thing i would say is just have a dream sometimes it's okay not to have a plan but it's important to have a dream and have as crazy a dream as possible it's the crazy dreams that have taken us to really new heights so my crazy dream dream was i wanted a highest degree possible i didn't even know what that degree was called because here i'm growing up in such a small town we just didn't even have a college where i could go for my masters degree but here i am dreaming about going to college in a family and in a community where i didn't see women doing any of this at mm -hmm. all so it was a crazy dream but nonetheless that was the dream that got me to be 
watching television and teaching myself English. That was the dream that when the when times came, really rough patches came when my paper would come back with all red lines everywhere that I would cry my heart out but it got me to do the second draft and the third and the fourth. Mm-hmm. So I think dreams are important I would say because dreams have power. Yeah. The second thing I would say is if you don't put your best effort behind your dreams mm-hmm. then they'll become nightmares. That's not what you want. You've got to put your passion behind your dreams and if you don't have passion don't even think that's mm-hmm. your dream then. So once you have passion it's not going to let you quit. And the third lesson I would say is what I just now said but it's mm-hmm. worth repeating always realize and have the humility to know that there have been people who traveled with you mm-hmm. helping you and now it's your obligation to help others. Thanks to Lifetime Achievement Award winner Reno Couture for joining us. And thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds presented by the Business Journals of Texas. Brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas.